We got our final thoughts on Oklahoma's matchup with SMU in week two. Got some big time recruiting news coming up and who you got on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download Game Time in your app store. Use promo code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase at Game Time. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John Nine Williams. My buddy here is Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at Josh On Ref. You can also hear him Monday through Friday on the K Ref Sports app. Josh. We've got a football game coming in 36 hours from when this episode publishes. Week two is upon us. How you feeling? Sooners, Mustangs. Feel like uh, Oklahoma should go out and uh, do similar things to what we saw in week one. So uh, generically, feel good about Oklahoma going into this game. I think a couple of the items that I'm watching, let's just start here. Dylan Gabriel, go be sharp again. Yeah, you need Dylan Gabriel to go and be an efficient quarterback just like he was. You know, I think with an improved defense, you don't need him to go out there and make big plays every time he steps out on the field. He doesn't have to go for the home run every time out there. He can afford to take the five-yard completion. He can afford to take the three-yard completion. He can afford to throw it away, live to fight another day. This offense is going to be very, very efficient, and it's going to be explosive when it when it has the opportunities to do so. For me, I want to see the running game not just rack up a ton of yards, but get extra yards after contact. And and I know, like, okay, they ran for 220 yards last week. Even if you take away the quarterback run game, they still ran for a healthy amount, amount of yards as a running back group. But what they didn't do super effectively was run after contact. Last year, Eric Gray averaged like three and a half yards after contact. That's impressive. Good running backs are going to get the yardage that an offensive line provides for them. It's what are they going to do after the blocking is not there anymore? Are they going to be able to make guys miss? Are they going to be able to you know, break a tackle and pick up extra yards? Now, we saw them pick up some dirty yards on Saturday against Arkansas State, but when there's opportunities to find extra space and extra yards after contact, I want to see this team do that. Only one running back averaged more than three yards after contact per carry on Saturday against Arkansas State. That was Caleb Hicks. So I want to see this group, whether it's Tommy Walker or Marcus Major or Javante Barnes or Gavin Sawchuck or Dalen Smothers or Caleb Hicks, whoever is getting the ball, I want to see him be a little bit more elusive and create more yards for themselves. Yeah, Tommy Walker certainly got the frame to be uh, bouncing off a couple of guys. Uh, Marcus Major, too, and and really, I guess, probably all of these guys uh, to some degree, but definitely Tommy Walker. He's just got that bowling ball uh, about him. But, uh, you know, for me, when I think of the running game, it's, okay, let's get these guys a little bit more to the next level before that contact happens. Hey, I'm all about it. Let's, uh, yes, let's see some, some yak from the running backs, but let's have that get to the second level and increase some things a little bit more than uh, maybe Oklahoma did. Uh, well, more than Oklahoma did in week one wide receivers, somebody uh, ready to step up to the plate and show me that you're the number one guy. 
uh, yeah. calling anybody. I mean, there's a number of different guys that could could do that. You know how I feel about uh, what we saw early on from Andrew Anthony. But, hey, it's uh, open for business for a lot of guys, right? So I think that that continues to develop this week. And I'm curious to watch how it plays out. Yeah, everybody seemed to take advantage of their opportunities to make a play last week. Can they continue that this week? Offensive line play, it looked really, really good in pass protection. Dylan Gabriel seemed very, very comfortable back there, even on play action. He was, it almost seemed nonchalant at times when Dylan Gabriel was kind of throwing the play fake, but very comfortable. Again, a better SMU defensive line that they're going to face. Can the offensive line continue to provide good protection, give him comfortable pockets to throw from? And if they do, it's going to be an efficient game all across the board. Austin Stogner, it's time to see you return to Oklahoma. Now, played last week, was an effective blocker in the running game, but what do you hear for Austin Stogner? Catch the ball. Now, they might have had a uh, a game plan not to feature Stogner in week one, kind of keep him under the radar a little bit, even though it's going to be hard to hide him under the radar from any evaluating coach. But this week, we'll probably see Austin Stogner, Jaleel Farouk, get a few more targets in the passing game. As we shift to the defensive side of the football for Oklahoma, I hope to see a little bit of our Mason Thomas. That would be nice. I mean, it sounds like for Oklahoma that uh, he could have gone if need be, but uh, they went the precautionary route, which makes sense versus Arkansas State. So just uh, very generically hope to see him and see him getting up to speed because as we move beyond SMU Tulsa and get into Big 12 play, really want someone that I think John can be on this team, one of its best uh, edge guys, one of its best pass rushers. I, I want to see him acclimating and, and getting up to speed. So that's a little bit on the injury front and then uh, probably bigger picture beyond that, all of those guys, right? Uh, that, that's been a sticking point. That's been a talking point coming out of last week that Oklahoma – was it uh, the fact that Arkansas State went max protect? I mean, what, what all was it that led to Oklahoma maybe not getting home the way that uh, Sooner fans want to see Oklahoma get home? So I would just say across the board, uh, edge guys, defensive tackles, yeah, get home. Go go get after Preston Stone. Yeah, I don't think SMU is going to be using a lot of seven, eight-man protections. They're going to be trying to get their skill talent out in space and then let Preston Stone try to go to work again talented four-star quarterback that SMU was able to get had offers from Alabama and some other big time schools along the way. So if you really believe that Preston Stone's your guy, you're going to get receivers like Jordan Hudson out in routes and let him make some plays. The defensive backfield, they got to come up big yet again. Can they shore up some of those maybe blown coverages, some of those areas in zone where they were letting some of the Arkansas state receivers, tight ends, get some open space just to drop the football. Can they shore some of that up, be a little bit tighter in their zone, be a little bit tighter in their man coverage. And I think the linebackers again are going to have to have a big week against a couple pretty good running backs and a good tight end. Everybody across the board in the defensive back seven, if you want to call it that is going to have to be really, really sound. And they're going to have to come out and make some plays. SMU is going to make plays. They're not going to give away plays. So you as a back seven are going to have to go and make plays on the football. You're going to have to go and deflect passes, create interceptions, create turnovers, do what you have to do to make the play. Don't let the play be made against you. Go out there and make the play. Jordan Hudson, somebody that uh, once upon a time Oklahoma was in on in his recruitment, four-star signee. I'm looking at 24-7 uh, sports and had uh, – 
you know, a, a bunch of interest from big time programs, Alabama, Arkansas, uh, you know, obviously he's at SMU now, but uh, signed with TCU. And then of course has transferred. This is a talented receiver that Oklahoma will see. It's the first big time receiver that they're going to see this season. So just individually that matchup, you know, whether it's Woody Washington or if it's Gentry Williams in some spots or, uh, you know, safety help over the top here and there. I'm just curious to see what that looks like for Oklahoma defending him individually. So just when you're thinking final thoughts about this matchup or, hey, you know, however you want to phrase it, what are you watching in this game? That's going to be one of the things I'm watching, John. How well does Oklahoma defend him? Yeah, the other guy is RJ Maryland, a big-time tight end prospect, a guy who caught five passes, 64 yards, and a touchdown last week against Louisiana Tech, potentially one of the best tight ends in the country. That's going to be a big-time matchup for a guy like Justin Harrington, who has the length, has the size, has the athleticism to play with athletic tight ends. Can he go and be a stopper this week? That's going to be something that I'm going to have on my radar as well. Well, we have some uh, recruiting nuggets. It's uh, another important date is upon us for Oklahoma this weekend. And uh, it looks like there's some other good news out there as well. We'll tell you about that. And then we get to uh, talk about some, some other football games out there that probably you guys are all interested in as well. But I'm here to tell you about Nutrafol, my, uh, my favorite new shampoo. You see my luscious locks. And how do we keep the luscious locks? We use Nutrafol, baby. Uh, this is uh, this is root care to its finest. It gets in there and uh, it, it it shampoos nicely, shall I say? Uh, you don't have to choose, ladies and gents, between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that provides healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness and visible scalp coverage. And uh, again, they, they've got more than uh, just products that are going to help you keep your hair. They've got just your shampoos and conditioners, right? I, uh, it's important, important to have some nice hygiene. And this shampoo really does uh, smell very, very good. So take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter their promo code locked on college. Well, 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 it's uh, always fun, isn't it? When uh, a big decision is coming down the pipeline and we think, we're getting good news, right, on uh, Nigel Smith this weekend? That's right. And uh, just like every recruiting segment and episode here on the Locked On Network, this segment is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Go to linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Yeah, big time uh, announcement happening on Friday evening in Melissa, Texas, as Nigel Smith gets ready to uh, lace him up uh, for his senior season. He's going to be making his decision and – by all accounts, it's Oklahoma. You don't see any drama. You don't see any uh, other schools being touted right now. It looks very much like the Oklahoma Sooners. Now you got to get the commitment. You got to keep recruiting. But this seems to be the, the Jackson Arnold recruitment almost of this recruiting cycle. The one that's been the most low-key, you know, low drama, no issues. Oklahoma's been pretty much the favorite throughout and looks like they're going to be the favorite to land the commitment on Friday night. Kind of a weird twist of fate. His dad was actually a former SMU basketball center 
in the early 2000s. And lo and behold, his commitment might come down on the weekend that you're, you're about to play SMU. So just a, a weird little nugget there for everybody out there. But, uh, you know, Nigel Smith, uh, obviously he's, he's big, he's long, six foot five to 60 edge type. Uh, that's huge, right. To have those big long arms. He, of course, speaking of his dad, I mean, he's a basketball player too. Nigel is. And uh, so, that's uh that's nice to have those types of basketball skills that you can you can parlay into football especially as somebody that you know you're trying to swim move guys and and apply some traits that probably cover both sports but big picture what this means for Oklahoma John if and when we get this commitment I mean you're winning out over Ohio State Penn State A&M a, a bunch of big time programs out there obviously Texas as well a lot of people feel like this has come down to Oklahoma and Texas. And so anytime you win a recruitment over the horns, that's big time for a top 100 guy. And Nigel Smith, you know, you and I have said this, and I've I've heard other people maybe uh, hear us say it and kind of parrot it, or maybe we're parroting them and everybody's like-minded a little bit. But uh, he's kind of been an overshadowed guy a little bit in this recruiting class for Oklahoma just because – you did have uh, the David Stone sweepstakes, and uh, obviously you've you've had Winery uh, in, in this recruiting class. And all of a sudden, there's late momentum. We thought for Dominique McKinley, and yet all along, Nigel Smith is this, you know, definite blue chip top 100 guy, John. That don't forget about Nigel Smith. That's been my charge. That's been your charge, John. This would be a big time get for Oklahoma. Yeah, and as my, my buddy Bryant over at Sooners Wire likes to remind me, he was once a five-star prospect. You don't you don't just be a fi- become a five-star prospect. Even if he got downgraded a little bit as a four-star, the talent is still there. It's clear. He's got great lateral agility. He's good on a pass rush. He's got the strength to be effective in the run game as well. He's just a total package, defensive end, defensive line, tweener type that you're going to love to add to a recruiting class that is already really, really strong. And then you add a top 100 defensive line prospect in Smith, and it just makes it go to another level, which is crazy. And potentially they're not even done yet. And that brings us to the other guy that we got to talk about, Danny Okoye. The Oklahoma Sooners hosted him during the Arkansas State game. And by all accounts, he absolutely loved his experience. In particular, he shared a, a story that uh, of the time he spent with Caleb Williams, director of the Soul Mission, and how much that impacted uh, how he's feeling about the Oklahoma Sooners right now. And this is a recruitment for Oklahoma that it uh, lasts, Six months, you know, or so, and and maybe it's less than that, John. You tell me. But this has really been a nice reversal of fortunes, I think, on the recruiting trail for Oklahoma for for Okoye. You know, you weren't really on the radar, and then all of a sudden, you got on the radar in a hurry. And it sounds like the momentum feels like this is going to wind up going Oklahoma's direction. And after uh, his recent visit, he said he came to Oklahoma with six schools in mind. And after the visit, he's ready to make it three. And you can uh, bet your bottom dollar that Oklahoma is one of the three. Yeah, absolutely. Tennessee's very much been in this recruitment as well. And I mean, it's gonna—I mean, it's gonna be tough. He's an incredibly athletic player, someone who's going to be a very big difference maker at the collegiate level, and has pro prospects simply based on his sheer athleticism. You another one of those, you got to win. 
I mean, if you want to go into the SEC and be competitive in 2024, 2025, 2026, you got to stack defensive linemen together and you got to stack blue chip players together. And I mean, it's looking really, really possible that the Oklahoma Sooners could add four or five blue chip prospects along their defensive line just in this recruiting cycle, which is incredible to think. And Akoya is just another one of those. I mean, like you mentioned a while back, it didn't seem like Oklahoma was, I mean, they were in the mix, but it didn't seem like they were necessarily the favorite. It seems like, and based on a lot of projections that have come out this last week, that it's Oklahoma. You know, you look at you know Gary Hamilton or Sam Spiegelman on three or Josh McQuistion at Sooner Scoop, and everybody right now is pegging Oklahoma to land the incredibly athletic four-star defensive line prospect out of NOAA. Well, and just the overall picture of what this defensive line class can be for OU now with with Gilmore, with Jaden Jackson, obviously with David Stone, with uh, with Okoye, and with Nigel Smith. I mean, this is a big-time defensive line class if it winds up playing out that way, John. It's looking really, really promising. I, I hate to get out over my skis too much, but – I'm going to get a little bit hype for it because everything's just trending in Oklahoma's favor. Last thing we're going to do who you got our week two picks against the spread. Thanks to FanDuel. But first let me talk to you about our friends over at game time. If you're looking for last minute tickets and you want something stress-free, kind of like this Nigel Smith recruitment has been kind of stress-free for Oklahoma fans, probably the Oklahoma Sooners coaching staff as well. If you want you know, last-minute, stress-free shopping for your game tickets, go to Game Time. It is a great app that you can download at the App Store on Apple or Google Play and find fantastic seats for low prices. And my favorite part of this app is that you get to see exactly what you're looking at from what your seat would be. So if you want to sit in the end zone and, and you want to know what it's going to look, be like to sit in the end zone, Game Time will show you that picture from what your seat looks at. And that's that's a great feature to the app. Again, you get cheap tickets, less expensive, the best prices, easy to use. It's quick, it's fast. You can download it, again, on your phone, your smartphones, Apple, Google, Samsung, whatever phone you got, you can get the GameTime app. Use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, get $20 off at GameTime. Do it today, Locked On College for $20 off. And Josh, week two, who you got? So looking at FanDuel, we got five games we're going to pick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit here. I went one and three last week against the spread. Thanks a lot, Clemson, for laying an egg. Uh, but some really, really intriguing matchups coming this week, both in the Big 12 and around the nation. We're going to focus on four games that have Big 12 consequences, including Oklahoma versus SMU, and then one that, I think it just kind of caught the country by storm and that's Colorado. So we'll talk about all that. Let's start with the Utah Utes laying seven and a half points on the road at Baylor. The over under is 47 and a half and what could potentially be a little defensive grind. Yeah, I would uh, not be surprised if it goes under that total, but uh, I do like Utah to win by multiple scores. In this game, I mean, I think uh, with the way they've opened versus Florida, they've sort of shown, yeah, we're going to be a good football team with or without Cam Rising under center. We're going to be a competitive physical football team that can go out and beat power five teams. 
And what Baylor has shown us is we're probably a mess with Shapin, and we're definitely a mess without him. So, yeah, I uh, I like Utah to win this game, and I like Utah to win it comfortably. Yeah, I'm with you. Give me the give me the Utes to cover the spread. And, yeah, I'd probably take the under on this, too. I just don't trust Baylor to be able to hold up their end of the bargain to get them to 48 points or more. So, yeah, give me Utah. Give me the under on that. Next, another big Pac-12, Big 12 matchup is going to happen in Lubbock. The Oregon Ducks, after putting up 81 points on Portland State, travel to face Texas Tech. Oregon's a minus six and a half favorite. I'm a little bit surprised by this spread against Texas Tech. The over-unders at 68 and a half after the Red Raiders lost their week one matchup to Wyoming on the road in double overtime. Josh, who you got? Yeah, that is uh, an interesting line. Uh, obviously, still a ton of respect for Texas Tech on it. Uh, kind of trying to like reel you in a little bit on a line that you're like, wait a second. This is too good to be true on uh, on Oregon, isn't it? I'm still taking Bodacious and Oregon on the line. I like them to, to go win by multiple scores on the road as well. I think they're a serious threat in the Pac-12. They might go win the Pac-12 conference, it's, uh, you know, it's crazy. The Pac-12 in a year where the conference is dying and everybody's leaving and uh, there's two schools that maybe are going to have a home or maybe they're not. Uh, maybe they're reeling the Mountain West in. Maybe they're joining. We'll see in, in Oregon State and Washington State. The league went undefeated last week. It's like the first time ever or 40 years or something that a league has done that in week one. So it, it really is a pretty good league, I think, when you think about you know, Utah, who we talked about, Oregon, obviously here, obviously Caleb Williams and USC, uh, Michael Penix is a really, really good quarterback at Washington. So that's a long way to tell you that I don't think Texas Tech is as good as advertised to begin this year. The Wyoming game, uh, you know, demonstrating that. And I think that continues this week. Yeah, if Wyoming's going to be able to put 35 points up on your defense, what's Bo Nix and the Oregon Ducks going to do? I think it's going to, I definitely think it's going to be an over game. I, I like Oregon in this one by at least 10. So yeah, give me the ducks to cover and the over in this one. Next, we're going to go to Colorado hosting the Nebraska Cornhuskers. One of my favorite early college football memories. This is from the early two thousands is Colorado playing Nebraska. I think in Boulder and Andre Gerard former Colorado guard. I think he played guard for the Buffaloes and then went on to play center for the Dallas Cowboys. Absolutely bullying a Nebraska defensive tackle through the end zone all the way up against the wall, like 20 yard block. It was, an, it was so fun to watch. Uh, but the Colorado Buffaloes after a big time win over TCU in week one, they're a minus two and a half point favorite hosting Matt rule and the Nebraska Cornhuskers in a big 12 reunion. Well, the defense for Colorado certainly frightened me a little bit uh, down in, in Fort Worth. So I don't think it's uh, – I wouldn't, wouldn't be betting the farm on this one. But I do like Colorado to win and to cover. I think Sanders offensively too much and with the game being played in Boulder. As much as Colorado's defense scared me, Nebraska's offense equally frightened me. In their own, and Minnesota's good defensively. They, they are good defensively. But uh, – I think this year is going to mirror each of the previous couple of first years as a college head coach, both at Temple and at Baylor for Matt Rule, where it just wasn't good in year one. And we know that it was a total mess at Baylor, what he was uh, obviously taking over there. So you almost take that experience and it's 
sort of doesn't doesn't translate to the similar circumstance here in Nebraska. But for whatever reason, right, that's kind of the M.O. for Matt Rule is year one goes very, very poorly, and then he turns things around. So I'm not selling on Matt Rule at Nebraska. I think he's going to make them competitive again. I'm not ready to say they're going to start competing for Big Ten championships, but they're not doing it this weekend. I do like uh, Colorado. One final thought on this game. I would love if it's not an Oklahoma-Nebraska early season annual rivalry game that you can bring back. I would love to see Colorado Nebraska play this game every single season. Yeah, it was a it's a low key pretty good rivalry. You know, it it kind of feels similar to Bedlam a little bit in that just that I don't know. I don't know why, but I think that was a really good kind of quasi rivalry that the Big 12 had going before realignment hit 10 years ago. Uh, yeah, I, I like Colorado minus two and a half. I think this hits the over as well. Shadur Sanders, Travis Hunter, and then Dylan Edwards, the former OU target that committed to Notre Dame and then decommitted and ended up at Colorado. Uh, fantastic player. I mean, it's, it's no wonder why everybody in the country or a lot of big time power five teams wanted Dylan Edwards. The dude's electric. So I think Colorado's offense is just too much. And I don't know if Nebraska keeps up, but I do think it will hit the over that's 58 and a half. That brings us to the Alabama Crimson Tide hosting the Texas Longhorns in Tuscaloosa. Bama is a seven point favorite in this one. The over under is 53 and a half. The Longhorns looked a little bit sluggish in their opener against Rice. Alabama, not so much with Jalen Monroe taking the job at starting quarterback josh who you got well john i will actually ping pong it back over to you just because i've gotten to bat lead off and lead off and lead off so i will let you bat lead off at least once uh in in this uh in in this set of picks here so who you got and uh and i'll go sec roll tide minus seven uh i think it's going to be another over game i think both teams at least i think bama's probably going to get to the 30 it would not surprise me to see, you know, uh, Oak or Texas get to like 23, 24. Or so, so I'm going to say it's probably gonna be something like 35, 24 in this game, but yeah, Alabama wins. Texas goes home crying. Steve Sarkeesian's left wondering what's going on with his quarterback situation after Quinn Ewers throws a couple of picks. I just think Alabama at home, big spot, big game, Milrow, to me, I mean, this is – we're going to find out, right? Okay, can he can he go be a star quarterback for Alabama? And yet, it's Alabama, so he probably doesn't need to be, right? I mean, he can he can manage a little bit and just get it to skill guys and let them uh, go make plays. I do think he's a, a nice quarterback, though. I like what we saw from Milrow in, uh, in week one with the three touchdown passes. Let's round up and call it 200 yards. It's Alabama, man. It's at home. It's versus Texas in a big spot. No, I'm not taking Texas in a big spot. I'm taking Alabama to win this game, and I think to win it convincingly, John. I'm saying three touchdowns or more. Ooh, spicy. I love it. That brings us to the game of the week because you're here on Locked On Sooners, and every Oklahoma Sooners game is the game of the week. They're taking on the SMU Mustangs. Oklahoma is a minus 16 and a half point favorite over at FanDuel. The over-under is 68 and a half. Josh, I'll start with this one. Who I got? The Oklahoma Sooners. We're going to see that Sooner schooner, the ponies, unleashed a lot in this one. Oklahoma's going to get to 40 easily. Uh, SMU might be able to you know, get to 20. It, they'll come close, but I'm putting it something like 
48 to 17. I just think Oklahoma's pass rush is really going to take off this week. They're going to show far more defensively than what they showed against Arkansas state. And the offensive execution is going to just continue. You know, they, they might not go, you know, 11 straight drives or 10 straight drives and score a touchdown, but they're going to score often. They're going to score early. They'll get up early in this game and then be able to run the game, run the ball, run the clock, Oklahoma big this weekend against SMU. I think SMU, we saw some, some cracks a little bit in the secondary and you didn't have the team to exploit it. Didn't see a lot of cracks back there, but we did see a couple. And so I expect Preston stone and Hudson and company, they're going to get theirs a little bit, but not a lot of bit. I do expect Oklahoma to win this game uh, relatively easily. And I think Dylan Gabriel goes out, has another very, very efficient day. I think we're going to leave this contest feeling better about the way Oklahoma ran the football. So that will be an important development. I'm thinking uh, they do cover 41-20 defense, couple of drives where we're not feeling great about it. But overall, you end the day and say, you know what? Okay, you win, you cover. A lot of good offensively, a lot of pretty good defensively. And yet, hey, uh, there are some maybe cracks here and there we got to tighten up in the secondary. The big, dif- the big difference for me defensively in this game is the return of R M T R Mason Thomas. Sorry for those wrestling references. That's the RVD. Uh, but yeah, I think RMT, he's going to make a big difference in this one. The pass rush is going to be much better. So yeah, it's going to be so much fun. Oklahoma SMU five o'clock PM central time on Saturday evening on ESPN plus make sure you're tuned in to locked on Sooners where we will break down everything that occurred on Saturday evening. We'll also have Nigel Smith committing on Friday evening. All kinds of recruiting stuff to continue to watch out for. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on every platform and on YouTube. Hit that notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. Follow Josh on Twitter at Josh on Ref. I am at John Nine Williams. The show is at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. Until next time, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams. Boomer Sooner.